three, two, one, and welcome. Good morning, Adi. Uh, we have a super special guest. She is founder of WEGS, Working Against Gravity, um, and even more exciting, a brand new mama. You are a true BAM badass mom. So welcome. Oh, thanks. I love that. BAM. <laughs> I like that. So tell us what's going on. How are you feeling? How's your been your recovery? How's uh, shy, right? Um, mm -hmm. what's up? Um, oh my gosh. Well, I feel all of the things, uh, I had like a, a pretty abrupt introduction to motherhood. I had shy at 36 weeks and two days. I was planning a home birth and in Texas, you can only have babies at home at 37 weeks. So I ended up in the hospital and it ended up being a really beautiful experience, but it also just like I didn't have that like heart explosion that everyone talks about. I was kind of in shock for a while. Um, but now it's four months later and I definitely am feeling like sometimes I'm like, I don't even know if my heart can take it. It's just <laughs> so much, like so much. Um, I think I'm still super emotional. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, super excited about life. I love like the challenges that parenthood brings. I love how it's changed my marriage. I love how it's changed me. Um, and also, uh, I'm tired <laughs> and I breastfeed all day. We have someone living in our house right now. Um, he's living here for three weeks and he walked into the house yesterday and he goes, you're uh, always doing one of two things. And I'm like, what are those two things? He goes, as I'm breastfeeding, he's like, you're either breastfeeding or pumping. And I'm like, yep, that's my life right now. Well, you know, they say that um, breastfeeding in the first year, it's like, I can't remember the exact numbers, but it, it's literally the equivalent of a full-time job. That full-time job includes three weeks paid vacation. Mm. So it's literally, it is, it's, yeah. it's, it's, and until you do it, you fully cannot appreciate what a, what an effort it is. It's so yeah. much work. You cannot, I timed it. I think it's like three to four hours a day, not including three to four hours of a day, not including like cleanup, set up, get to a place, like all that type of stuff. And then, um, it's like a different kind of tired than like, they're literally sucking energy out of you. It's like, it's just totally different. <laughs> and then you finish breastfeeding and it feels like five minutes later, they have to eat again. <laughs> Pretty much. It's like, like, it's really? crazy because it's like with the cleanup, with the little nap, the no dozing off, with trying to wake them up, with all the little things, it's like you might have an hour or maybe an hour and a half between each little feeding and it's like the day just, poof, flies by. Yeah, it's so true. So true. It's so funny you say that about um, the beginning because when we were in the hospital and you also had a COVID, a COVID baby as they're calling them. Um, the nurse handed her to me, my little one, and I like had her and I looked at my husband and we're both like, like it wasn't the immediate fireworks that everyone talks about. And I was like, so now what? And like, thankfully, yeah. you know, it did click eventually of, you know, a month in or something like this, but it, it, they truly, they have to grow on you. So whenever I would hear, oh, it's love at first sight, it's this, that, and I'm like, maybe the second one? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's so everything about pregnancy and parenthood is just unique and different for every single person. I fell asleep like almost immediately when they put him on my chest. I was exhausted. I have photos of me with him on my, his, my chest and I'm like this, just <laughs> head back. Just I couldn't even stay awake. I was just so tired. Um, and yeah, it took me a while, which I don't think a lot of I think there might be a little bit of discomfort around people admitting that and so it was the same exact actually, thing for us we literally like i we both joke about it like i'm holding her and i look at him and i'm like now what because i just <sighs> like i didn't both of us were like okay this is cool i'm like my i'm ripped in half and that's cool but so i feel you mm -hmm. um so four months later you're getting back, you're getting back to yourself, kind of, a little bit? Yeah, kind of, a little bit. I'd like my new self, for sure. I don't think I'm ever going to be back to 
is my old self. Um, I definitely have moments where I'm trying to be the same as I used to be and also a mom at the same time. And it's just like too much. And then I get to the end of the day and I feel like my entire day has been programmed. Like every single second of every single day is just like, go, 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 go. And I like, I, I have a really high work capacity which is like a strength of mine. And so I can get through it, but then I notice I'm not really present in much of my day. Like I'm just not present. I'm not present with the baby. I'm like moving him to change him or I'm moving him to put him in the car seat or then I'm putting him in the chair so that I can go and do something or I'm wearing him. Like I'm not hundred percent present and giving him my attention. And I, I need to like remember to slow down and he's like, got so much going on right now even though you can't tell um but yeah I'm getting into like a new version of myself I feel like it it has changed every week every single week something is new something is different he's napping for less or he's napping for more he's waking up more in the night or he's sleeping the whole night like just something new is happening so and I saw you took that um the sleep a sleep course for him I don't remember the name but that was helpful for you Taking Kara babies, Kara, like is her name, C-A-R-A. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was really helpful. It just, I am not, um, I, this might like surprise anybody who knows me, actually. I'm not like a super rigid scheduler with him. Um, I just, I'm more so, am, and I, I think, I, I know for sure there's some babies that actually would thrive on a more rigid schedule. Uh, he just is okay without one. Um, so I like more so just, keep it a little bit loose and she kind of gave me permission to do that like you know feed the baby every two to four hours uh pay attention to his sleepy cues put him down just some tips on how to get them down like how to rock them uh, what to do with the room um yeah it was just it was just it was helpful for sure Good. it was really helpful it's a weird and i think that it probably falls in those same lines i when i had my little one before, I mean, it, it's just go, go, go working on business, working on like, just literally I, we used to wake up at four in the morning, four 30 in the morning, go to work, like, just have her work out, do all the stuff. And then you finish it, you know, try to be done by eight at night. So having this almost seems like, um, once she started sleeping a little better, like now she sleeps a solid I can put her down and she's there for like seven to eight hours. So now, and that's only been recently. It's like, wow, I feel, I'm feeling human again, but it's wild because everything up until this point has literally prepared me for what's happening. And it's crazy Mm -hmm. because it's like, you don't, you just, you can't understand until you're there. And I remember people saying like, well, you'll see, you'll see, you'll see. And it's such a funny thing because it's like everything happens. I mean, with when it's supposed to happen, but also everything that you did in your previous life will prepare you for this. Yeah. I would imagine that you feel the same, but being like really grateful that I spent a lot of my time before having kids, like really ingraining good habits in around my physical health, around my exercise, around my nutrition, around my time management. And so to build those skills now would be really difficult where now I can, I can lean on them now. And, um, I'm not perfect at all, but I have this like base foundation that I built over the past 14 years that I can now feel, feel confident. Like, okay. Um, I, I it's hard for me to get too far off. A hundred percent. No, you're absolutely right. And it's so funny because, um, whatever I think, and it's, it's in CrossFit. It's like, whatever the lowest baseline is, is basically like, I can't remember exactly the way they word it, but basically when I was pregnant, I worked out all the way until the day I had her because I ended up going to 41 weeks. So I went too late and I was like going for eight mile, 10 mile walks, like in week 41, hoping that it would push her out a little bit. Dang, what were your ankles like at that point? Oh my point? God. You know why it's crazy? I only got swollen ankles when I came home from the hospital after having her. And they were like yeah. softballs. They were huge. Yeah. I got really swollen after having him too. Only after. It was, I was in shock because everyone said swelling before and before I didn't have any, it literally was just here. 
Yeah, that's so cool that you could do eight to 10 mile walks in 41 weeks. That I, would, is like- I took my dog and we just would go through Central Park. We would loop and loop. And I, I remember talking to my grandma one day on the phone and because of course I'm calling everyone and keeping my mind occupied. And she, yeah. I was, <laughs> she was like, well, what are you going to do if you go on labor? And I was like, I don't know. My husband, I don't know. We'll figure it out. Like it's New yeah. York, there's a hospital, there's something like, it'll be fine. But it was, it's crazy because... I guess she was comfy in there. She didn't want to come out. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have their own schedule, I believe. Mm-hmm. There was zero reason, like negative reasons why he would have come early. I've asked every single person possible. I had no gestational diabetes. I had not like I was healthy. I had low blood pressure. I didn't have any indication at all. He just that wanted he- to. Yeah, he just did. And he you was seven. Gonna, you were going to oh. have a midwife? Is that, you were planning to do that? Yeah, I was planning to be with a midwife. And I ended up having midwives in the hospital, which was great. Nice. Um, but he was almost seven pounds. And I'm like, if he would have stayed in four more weeks, I would have had like a nine and a half pound baby. <laughs> That'd be a good thing. <laughs> yeah. To, I mean, it's crazy because um, I was speaking with a midwife recently on one of the episodes and she has two kids and she was telling me that she knew, which I feel like I'm very in tune with myself from, you know, fitness and knowing my body, but she said she was at a whole nother level. She said she knew that the one was going to come early. She knew the personality just from being inside her. So I'm really curious for next time. I'm going to try to like hone in on it a little bit more, but it's, yeah. they, I mean, I think that yes, environmental factor is a thing, but they have their personalities pretty set out even like inside Mm -hmm. yeah i in retrospect had many signs that i was going into labor and i just it was my first and i had no idea wow like i had for sure i had many signs i had um like real heaviness i was feeling like heaviness um every time i would wipe when i would go to the bathroom it felt really uncomfortable um i was having like some some bleeding during sex but that's like some that's like normal yeah I was having like Braxton Hicks five times a day, like throughout the day, all day long. And I thought that was totally normal. Um, and then one time I was just curious and I was like, I, I've checked my cervix, my own cervix before pre- getting pregnant. Like when I was checking for conception, I was like, where's That's my cervix? So interesting. That your, your cervix moves throughout your cycle. You so can read, you can fit your, you can fit your, like you can, I feel like my hand, like I can't, Oh, it's not that far. My arms it's aren't not long that, enough. It's not that far. It's just your fingers. Oh. I have huge <laughs> hands, so I should be able to reach them. <laughs> yeah. If you if you know where it is, you can definitely reach it, especially when you're not pregnant. That's um, so interesting. And when you're at different parts in your menstrual cycle, your cervix is in different places. It's, like, higher. It's, t- like, closed or it's open. Um, so I tried to go and, like, find it myself. And then I remember thinking, oh, there's something in the way. And, like... It was, there was like something round in the way. And I'm like, oh, probably normal. And it was probably his head. <laughs> <laughs> it was probably his head. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess you'll be prepared for next time if there's a next time. Yes, definitely. I like, I definitely um, would be able to notice the signs. Well, it's nice that you're so familiar with your body because you, you remember all this pretty vividly, it seems like, and you... Like you just know, it's very mm-hmm. interesting. The whole, because the reality is, is obviously we know this is what our bodies are made for. Yeah. That's, that was my, um, affirmation going Same. into labor. I was made for this. That's it. Simple. So how was your first poop after delivery? Terrifying. Nobody <laughs> told you about that. No one tells you about it. I think no that's where <laughs> I like get up off the, bed in the hospital and I walked to the toilet and I was like oh no oh no I'm like sitting there oh no my husband's like what I have to poop and there's no way I'm pushing this thing out like it has to just fall out or else my organs are coming out too like there's no way and no one tells you I don't get it (laughs) and I think I swear this is where the term shitting bricks comes from oh my god (laughs) luckily they give you stool softeners in the hospital they did nothing no one told me about it I didn't get any stool softener so I know it was 
horrible because I also had an episiotomy. So I was sure I was going to be ripped in half again. Oh, dang, dang. So I can't bad. even imagine. I can't even imagine. Damn. Um, so <laughs> now what? What's going on? What's, what's um, four months? What's, mm-hmm. what's up with sex? Are you regularly or? <laughs> so for the first, um, yeah, I feel totally back to normal in terms of that. Like I feel like sex, I feel like I can have sex without hesitation. I feel like there's no, um, I definitely had hesitation and like bits of pain for sure ahead of time. Um, I also feel like there was like, I mean, I can go into major detail, but, um, whatever you want at the, at the beginning, there was no chance. Like we I'm like, there's just no chance. I took a mirror to like, look at what was going on down there. I'm like, no, nothing is penetrating me. Like there's just zero chance. So, um, however, like just like babies and moms need skin to skin contact, like humans need skin to skin contact. I really believe that. Mm-hmm. So we just weren't like super creative. We were having open dialogue about it. Um, I like my husband would express to me if he had any needs that came up and I would express if I had any needs that came up, we would create little like rituals around it. And luckily the baby, most babies sleep a lot at the beginning. So he just slept a lot and we got opportunities to cuddle and just like be naked with our bodies touching each other. We got, even if that's like too much, like, like cuddling with clothes on, um, we did like massage. We did like just listening to music together, dancing together. Like that was our intimacy until around six weeks when we like attempted having sex. Um, and it was just like slow and um, steady. It was definitely some discomfort. I had some like uh, I didn't tear luckily, and wow, I had rads. Yeah. It all went really fast. It was just like, <laughs> um, and uh, I had like some some like from from the stretching. Maybe I had some like scar tissue that built up at the bottom, and that was just like uncomfortable. So we did some the same thing like perineal massage before pregnancy. We did some post pregnancy. Like my pelvic floor like tightened up a lot, um, and I could even feel like air kind of like going in and out, which felt super weird and not comfortable. So, cause everything was kind of like loose and tight and not normal. <laughs> uh, well, it's normal, not what it was before right. pregnancy. Um, so it just took some time, but we have, um, sex for us is kind of like exercise. Like it's not really an optional thing. It doesn't have to be penetrative sex and it doesn't have to be oral sex it doesn't have to be that it just means like scheduled time to intimately connect with one another and that is every tuesday and every saturday like it's just happening um and then if it just because i mean i don't know a lot of people that have been married for five plus years that are having three times a week spontaneous sex like that's just as rare if you're those people good for you. That's so awesome. I'm mega jealous. I don't feel that spontaneous emotion come up. I need to like be coaxed into it a little bit and I need to like having set space for it. It really helps us. Um, and even if we're not really in the mood, like 10 minutes in, we're going to be, <laughs> so, Simple. um, we schedule it in. And if it happens more than that, that's extra credit and awesome. Um, and now it just is like, there's a lot of trust that's been built from that period of time where we had to talk about, um, our feelings and, um, talk about what was okay and what was not okay and work on those boundaries. Um, but now we're like pretty much back to normal, except there's a baby around. So like, we're actually not, we don't think it's weird if he's in the room. I mean, it's not like not weird, but, um, I, part of me thinks that, the energy that goes into the air from like the parents intimately connecting like that, I feel like is good for him. Like feeling our love for one another and feeling that, um, I feel like that's, I feel like it's good for him. Um, but he's there and it's totally okay. And, um, we also have done a couple things like, um, we don't, we have booked a hotel room and, uh, we don't use it for the night. We don't do use it for overnight, but we get like, a, a friend or, 
a babysitter or something for just a couple hours and we'll go to the hotel room in the middle of the day for a couple hours so we can be totally alone. Um, and especially now in COVID, like hotels are cheap. <laughs> yeah, it's a great idea. It's actually brilliant. <laughs> yeah. So we just went, one day we went, we used the pool at the hotel with the baby for the day, dropped the baby off, came back to the hotel room, just had sex in the hotel room and enjoyed like laying in our robes and enjoyed baby free time for, I think it was like three hours. And then we went, went back home and yeah, just like finding ways to be intimate and okay with him being there and finding ways to get away from him a little bit. Yeah. No, it's, it's a wild thing to find your, your independence while being a mom because Yes, you know, my husband helped. Like, I don't know what I would have done without him. But also, to some degree, it's like, you are his everything. Like, you, mm-hmm. like you're like you the rock. I don't know if you have a dog, but you're the rock for the baby. You're the rock for your husband. You're the rock for every single creature in your family now. So, you like, finding your being wife, being mom, being fur mom, like, finding your independence within all those things is, it's... It's a real thing. Yeah, I actually feel like having sex helped me do that. Um, The first time that we actually had sex, it was kind of an emotional experience just because it reminded me that I am still an individual outside of being a mom. Like that sexual exchange of energy is so far from the energy exchange that is happening between me and the baby that like, it's just my own. It's only mine. It's something, a part of me that's not being shared with him. And it's just, I, it reminded me, oh yeah, I am my own person. I am an individual. I am separate from the baby. I have my own wants and needs. And it allowed me in that space to connect with the fact that I'm my own person. And I, I would imagine for some women, maybe it's not even sex with your partner. Like you can masturbate or pleasure yourself, like take some time to enjoy yourself separate from the baby. And for me, it was a very, like, uh, a very eye-opening experience. I did not expect to feel that, like reconnecting with the fact that I'm an individual aside from being his mom. Totally. It's so easy to forget because you're, I mean, you know, they, they need you for everything at this point. Mm-hmm. And so when you, it's so easy just to get wrapped up and no, I need to, I need to do this and I need to do this. I got to change them. I got to feed them. I have to where it's okay to just let them be for a little bit. Mm-hmm. What do yeah, you, so- um, what are you doing for a babysitting? It's like, cause he, in New York, it's so weird because I can't really find a sitter. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't want to just have some, you know, interview random who's getting off the subway or who knows what they're doing and neither of us are from here. So it's like a weird, but do you have family or something down in uh, Texas? We have no family in Austin. So just a little bit of context. We chose Austin specifically because, um, because, uh, it's a very high transplant city, Mm -hmm. meaning like nobody here really has nobody in our community has family here. It's, it's the there it's more rare to meet somebody who was born and raised in Austin versus people that just moved here mm-hmm. uh, so all of our friends don't have family here so we kind of are family for one another yeah which nice. has been incredibly helpful we also are the first in our community to have a baby we have another one that's coming in December and then people are starting to conceive like it's slowly starting to happen um, so our community has showed up for us big time, like big, 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 big time. And they kind of are getting this like practice for themselves. Um, they're, they, they love him so much and they are getting practice. So they're always available to us. Um, and we have a friend who is also my doula. Her name's Mallory Jacks and she, uh, comes four days a week and she just helps out with the baby for four hours and like 10 to two. And so like she's with him right now. That's why I'm here. Um, and she is a friend that we know and we trust her and, um, she loves him. And we actually interviewed three people, three other people. And it was every single one of them was just terrible. It was just so (laughs) terrible. It was so terrible. I'm just like, no way, like not a good fit, not right. Um, and she doesn't always just, uh, yeah. So if it's like outside of her hours when she helps me, um, it's either like a friend or, um, like someone in our community that 
comes over and all those people we definitely trust. Yeah, it's awesome. It's, um, it's such a interesting thing because, so I have two other siblings and, um, both of them have kids they're older than I am. And I see how they parent so differently. Like mm-hmm. one is very, like she never, my sister never let, she's never had a sitter. Her kids are grown up now. She's never had a sitter. She's never had anyone watch her kids. Totally like, m- no. And my brother is the exact opposite with his kids. Like basically, yeah, whoever wants to watch them go for it. I mean, not that loosely, but to like basically. And it's funny because it's like, how do you find that middle ground? Because both of them have my parents, both of them, you know, they have more options because they're both back home. So with us, it's like, who do we, and how do we, especially with COVID. So that's really good to hear. Yeah. Um, it's definitely been weird with COVID for sure. Um, but every family is totally different. There's an episode of the Tim Barrett podcast. Brene Brown was on it and she talked about three different kinds of families, parent centered families, children centered families, and family centered families. And meaning like a parent centered family, let's say it was her family. And she's like, okay, I'm going on all my book tours. I'm doing all the dates that I want. And the family's just coming wherever I go. And like I, or a a parent that just works and is gone all the time. It's like a parent centered family. All the energy goes towards making sure the parents um, can do whatever it is they want slash need to do. Um, Totally okay for certain families. And then there's children centered families where probably more common where all the energy goes towards the kids, like all their extracurriculars. They get to do as many extracurriculars as they want. Let's make sure that they go to this class and that class. And like the, everyone's focused on making sure the kids have what they need. And then there's family centered families where it's more of a negotiation of, okay, you can only choose one of the three extracurriculars that you want to do, because if you chose all three, it would start infringing on other people's schedule. A little more compromise. Yeah, a little bit more. So we want to be a family-centered family. Of course. And that also means that for us, um, like we've already left him for two nights last weekend. Um, Not this past weekend, the weekend before with Michael's mom. We were in Louisiana. And, you know, part of it was hard. And then part of it's also like this helps us show up as better parents for us. And I don't think that's the same for everybody. Like maybe for your sister it wouldn't have been the same. Um, but for us, we got to come back and be like, I was a much more refreshed and better parent. Mm-hmm. Um, and Michael's mom handed the baby back to me. And the first thing she says is, thank you so much. I'm like, that is just the best. Like, what a gift to her to get to spend two full nights with him at this age, which um, she loves this age, too. So uh, it's kind of like a gift to her as well as a gift to us. It is. It is and I... So who's watching my little one now? She's a family friend. We've known her forever. And um, it's the first time that we're, that someone else is watching her. Because normally my husband, like, yeah, because normally my, like my husband's schedule is very flexible and my schedule is very flexible. So we always just handle her, hand her off. And my husband, we, we just got a place upstate and he had to go upstate and he was like, he's in the car for hours and he's like, I don't, I'm not going to bring her. So I reached out to her and she was like, yes, please. I've been want like, she's been, she's been wanting to. So now I know that she's like in heaven, just enjoying her. And it's, I like exactly what you're saying is exactly what it is. And I know that it's the exact same with my parents where they would love to have, they are, you know, hours away. So when they come visit, they'll love to have the opportunity. So it makes it's sense. A, I think one of the lessons for me in parenthood, especially at the beginning, is before I he came out of me, and even a little bit when I was pregnant, I I get my value a lot from this story that I can do everything myself. Like I can do it all. I, I mm-hmm. start tallying points based on how much I get done, and I wasn't equating into that, like growing a human as doing something like it was just like happening. So I didn't count that towards that. And I didn't count, you know, like I'm not counting, I wasn't counting like how much extra I had to do. And so when people would ask me for help, I, I don't like the feeling of like, I need their help. I prefer the feeling of I could do it myself, but I'm going to let you help instead. But in this situation, like I really do need help. I I cannot do it all. Um, and I need help. 
And it's like one of the first times in my life where I truly feel that way. And it's really hard to reconcile. And it's kind of confronting. Like I can't do it all like for like one of the first times and it's confronting. And it's, it's also helped me see when our community shows up for us and they're dying to help. Like they are desperate to help. And they also, it's also you don't want to be imposing. So they don't want to help and just impose themselves and intrude. So they need direction on exactly how it is that they can help you. And me saying, Hey, you can help me by cooking me this meal and putting it in the freezer. It's they're like, yes, amazing. And it's actually a gift to them versus a burden. And I have learned the lesson that not allowing them to do it is kind of taking something away from them. Mm-hmm. And I imagine the tables being reversed. Like now we have a friend who's having a baby in December and she's having a bit of a harder pregnancy and I am like creating a meal train for her. I'm like, don't worry. Like when the baby comes, I like, I'm going to bring shy and I'm going to come over and I'm going to help do your laundry. I'm going to help clean the dishes. Like I just, I'm dying to help her. And I see some hesitation if she's like, Ooh, I don't know. And I'm going to obviously wait to do whatever like feels right to her. But, um, if she doesn't let me help at all, it would be kind of like, Oh man, I wish I could help. Um, versus, uh, yeah, just like her telling me exactly, like if this is exactly what would help me, it would be a gift to me. That's and it's funny you say that because we were having um, we were having dinner at our friends. They have two little girls, and the mom, the wife, who you know, it's husband wife. She, I was sitting there holding um, Axel, my little one, and she came over and I was eating, and she came over and she like just grabbed her, and was like, "Okay, finish eating, come get her when you're done." And I was just like, "Okay, thanks." Like, I didn't know, you know, like we're, we're family basically. And, but it was just so cute of her to just, okay, come get her when you're done. Like to give you that five minutes or 10 minutes or whatever to finish your plate, because you don't, you don't know you need the help. For sure. Cause you're just Absolutely. so used to always holding them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how much more enjoyable is your meal when you have both your arms, both hands, like, <laughs> yeah, both hands and not wearing, like if you're wearing the baby, you have to like lean so far yeah. forward. Like it's so much more enjoyable. Yeah. Our friends do that. I have a, a really close friend here and she'll just like literally any chance she gets, she grabs that baby. <laughs> it's nice. I mean, and I, I totally get what you're saying about being independent. Just you are used to doing it by yourself and but no, this is, it's a serious thing to have a community. Um, and then I also was wondering with you about, because uh, you were a serious athlete before. So yeah. what's up now? Are you? <clears throat> yeah, I do this thing. Uh, my my uh, friend and I, were, we have this little community that we've created <laughs> between ourselves and like whoever else wants to join. It's like totally this, uh, we call it too easy. Um, and it's like, what could make your workouts feel like it would be too easy to get it done? Not like you have to go too easy. If you're in the mood to push hard, then go push hard. But if you think that like you have to do a workout and feel sore afterwards, and that's the only way that it qualifies as a workout or, you know, some di- some days I'm, I'm just like, I want to go for a walk instead. Um, it's, I'm want to move my body every single day. I feel best when I move my body every single day. Um, but I'm just not interested at this point in my life. And maybe that'll change in the future to push myself really hard and to spend that much time in the gym. And it's just not a priority for me right now. There's other things that are super high priority, but fitness is not negotiable. So right now I'm just going to the gym. And if I have the baby, then I'm taking him with me and I'll do something lower intensity so that it's not a big deal if I have to stop in the middle and, and give him attention. Or if I'm doing something higher intensity, I just don't care what my score is or what my time is, or I just don't care. Um, and I'm just trying to move my body every single day. And just, that is where I'm at. (laughs) It's a wild thing how, um, cause I remember maybe two years ago, three years ago, four years ago, there, it was such a thing with where I was working and who I would work out with. And, you know, we'd spend hours, like just hours working out. And it's so easy to get wrapped up in that life. And when you transition out of it, because I switched jobs and then I ended up just 
then I got pregnant and now I'm like, okay, I got 30 minutes. What can I do with the most bang for like the most bang in this short amount of time? And it's really interesting how, and it goes back to having those basic fundamentals and being able to lean and have a strong base and foundation of, I can like, thankfully I know how fitness works and how, how to get a good workout in. And I'm not just doing random exercises, but it's like, you don't really need those that much time to have a really good workout. Yeah. So, and you also, if you random exercises works, random, that's gets you in the gym, moving your body. It doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter. It doesn't need to be a program. And I really try to incorporate movement throughout the day. So even if it's like a five minute walk here or wearing the baby and just like putting, doing a couple squats, mm -hmm. five squats here and five squats there, or getting on the floor with him or whatever it is, uh, it's, you can accumulate it throughout the day. Like it doesn't have to be 30 minutes or an hour in one shot. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to change my perspective on what fitness actually means. Like, what is my, what is the point? We're going into the gym to move our bodies. Me, I'm going into the gym to move my body, to stay healthy, to live along and help like a, a high quality life. Um, my focus right now is not 100% on the way that my body looks, which has definitely been in the past. Um, like what my body can do performance wise, as well as what my body looks like. That was my number two, one and two priorities mm -hmm. and right now. Those are not even in the top 10 priorities of fitness. And I went through a serious period of time pre-pregnancy because I stopped competing in 2016 where I was like, what do I even work out for if I'm not training for anything? Like, what was the point? Like, why am I pushing myself? I'm never going to be as fit as I once was. That is the truth. I want something drastic changes in my life. Um, I'm never going to be as strong as I was. I'm never going to be as fit as I once was in the, in the quantitative sense. And that's actually okay. And it's actually a choice. I don't want to do the work that is required to be where I once was. And it just really was hard for me. I went like six months barely working out because of it. I just didn't see the point. And then just changing that perspective of legitimately just putting my workout clothes on in the day could be the win. Like I had the intention to work out, didn't happen, but it's better than staying in pajamas all day. <sighs> well, no, it's true. And I think it's so, it's, it's hard to change your mindset, but once you do, and the reality is, is there's so many, like once you have a kid and maybe it's not once you have a kid, once you start a business, once, once something comes, it's higher priority than just working out and you realize you can still be functionally fit and, you know, chase after your kid and play with them and do things with them. Because at this point for me, it's when she gets bigger like I want to be able to do gymnastics with her. I want to be able to, you know, play whatever with her and keep up. And when there's another kid, I want to be able to have an easy bounce back because I don't, you know, it's not letting yourself derail, but it's still being functionally healthy, functionally fit, all that type of stuff. So I think that it's so interesting to somehow shift that mindset because it's, it's truly prioritizing. Yeah, a hundred percent. It and your priorities could change regardless of whether you have a kid or not. Mm -hmm. It just it, the the suffering comes from when your priorities have changed, but you haven't realized it. Yeah, and you're thinking that performance and spending hours in the gym is a priority for you, but it's not actually, and not accepting that your priorities have shifted, and that's where suffering comes. Like you're resisting what actually is the reality. And yeah. And then if you just accept the reality of, no, my business is actually a higher priority for me right now, or my kids are a higher priority mm -hmm. for me right now, or, um, I don't know, I bake sourdough bread and like baking sourdough is sometimes a higher priority for me than working out in the gym. So, uh, and I've just accepted that and it reduces, it's a lot, it's actually very freeing. It's very freeing. So I think about it, I make it fitness too. So if I go in the gym and I set a workout for myself, I'm like, Hey, I'm going to do 20 minutes of X, Y, Z. If I'm like 15 minutes in and I'm just like not feeling it anymore. I will guilt free. Stop. No guilt. 
no comparisons, no competitive, no, like no pressure, just make it too easy. That, that's what. <laughs> it's funny because it's like, it's true. <clears throat> and I, when you can finally get your mind over that little leap, it's easy to accept. And I distinctly remember, and even girls that I know or women, whatever that I know now that are still in that scene, it's, I think, difficult for them because there's the social media aspect of, well, I see what she's doing and I want to, and it's like, yeah, but you're not getting, you're not a professional athlete. You're not getting paid to do that. You don't need, like, think, like, try to prioritize and use your, your time in a better way, maybe. And it's interesting because it's so easy to waste time on the social media stuff. And it's so easy to compare. And it's like, no, it's really not necessary. Yeah. Social media is, um, is really difficult. My feelings around it are mixed. And, um, I sometimes like there is good to it, but it's like, is the good outweighing the bad? And even if they're equal, is the bad just like such a, threat to the way that our mental health is and our society is. And I don't know. I don't know. It's really hard. And it's so easy to compare yourself to other people. Um, and I work every single day on just accepting reality, like accepting what is, and it's not even like you, they don't need to work out that hard. They probably don't want to, <laughs> that's, that's the actual, they probably don't actually want to. And that's, that unless they do want to, then they get joy out of it. And it's, then it's fine. Go for it. Do that. Um, prioritize that. I, uh, I worked with, uh, Cara Saunders from mm-hmm. for a really long time. And that one was like, her baby was four months old. And I think she qualified for the games again. As she an did. Individual. Amazing. It's insane. And there's no part of me that thinks that she is, doing anything detrimental to herself by doing that. That was her priority and that's totally awesome. And she made that work. I mean, it's so cute how she does workouts and her daughter is just like climbing over the bar. She's doing like bar facing burpees and she has to like move her, move Scotty. <laughs> from here to the other like, so cute. Like so cute. And it's not, it's not, um, there's no like suffering or resistance there because that's actually what she wants. Whereas if I had to do that, it's just not what I want. And yeah. there would be a lot of resistance for me. <laughs> You're like, no, not, not happening. Well, yeah. she's amazing because she, you know, she's was, bre- I don't know if she still is, but she breastfed. She probably still is for a long time, even when she was doing her training and yes. that, you know, it's something being in this world, it's something really inspirational and admirational to see because she's able to do it. She fits it all in. She's doing her passion. She's juggling the kid and she's, I think, I mean, now Camille had her baby, but it's, she was the first one in that little world to have a little, to have a baby and to see how she did it so gracefully is very cool. Yeah. It's so, she's incredibly inspirational along with multiple businesses. And yeah, she is, I'm like, I just, I'm so inspired and also don't want to compare myself to that. (laughs) I think that the comparison game is hard. I tried to learn when you compare yourself to somebody else, you can't compare pieces to pieces. Like I can't compare my butt to your butt. I have to compare your whole life to my whole life. And if I'm willing, if I really want something someone else has, and I don't want the, you don't get to pick pieces of their life. Right. You, You get all of it. So you have to think like, would you be willing to trade your whole life for their whole life? Mm -hmm. And almost every time, I mean, I, for me, every single time it's a no, like every single time it's no, like maybe I would want that person's butt because it's perfect and has not a single dimple in sight and it's just amazing. But do I want every other part of their life? No, (laughs) my life, but I can't just have her butt and that business and that person's schedule and their money. Like I can't have all of that and still have all the amazing things about my life. It just doesn't work like that. No. And I think that when you, when you could see things for the way they are, that's when you're in a good place. Like things that's are healthy. healthy. It's that's just see it for what it is. And that's it. That is, that is to me, peace. 
accepting what is, whether it's good, bad, or terrible. And I, I've had, I've had so many conversations with people around why the parenthood just hasn't been crazy challenging in terms of like what I had expected. I had heard, you're never going to have sex again. You're never going to have date night again. You're never going to sleep again. You're never going to do like, and it's not to say that it hasn't been challenging moments. And I do have a relatively easy baby. So that's, that is a thing. And I'm also like, I don't know. Is it, is it, oh, it doesn't always work out. Like, I don't know. Everyone's like, well, he's really easy or will that wait till he crawls or, and I'm just like, how much of that is noise and how much of it is, I've worked, I've worked really, really hard on accepting what is, whether it's good or it's bad, because I truly believe suffering is wanting something to be different than what it actually is. And it's like that there's a dissonance there that creates tension. Like I am overweight and I want to be, have a ripped abs. And if you keep telling yourself that there's like this tension that develops because you're not there. You're putting that pressure yeah and accepting like I am overweight you can you can accept that and not accepting it is suffering accepting it whether it's something you want or something you don't want it is what is Mm -hmm. and that is to me peace like it's at it's peace and from that place you can do something about it from the other place you've created tension and it, it makes it hard to get into action absolutely it's a interesting thing when when because I remember hearing so much noise also especially with COVID like I like even now people you know I'll have her at the dog park with me or whatever and they'll say oh my god it must have been so hard it must have been so difficult it must be it's in COVID and, and I'm like no actually it was really it was peaceful because we didn't have you know people keep their distance which is nice and like I typically look at things always on the optimistic point of view so it's interesting when Exactly what you said. Oh, when when she crawls or oh, when this and when that. And I'm like, well, I think it's all perspective. Like, Mm -hmm. thankfully, it's she is this very easy baby and it's it's just been enjoyable. So I don't I I also have a really hard time. Like, I just try to keep everything outside of my little invisible shield because I I do try and think of the example like Camille is a great example as well. Camille's a really good friend. She was in the NICU for 80 days and that's really like, there's nobody that can say that she didn't have a really challenging situation. Okay. Her baby still has reflux. She still cries every single time Mm -hmm. she feeds her. That girl still has a positive attitude. She still maintains her perspective. And yes, like definitely super challenging, but I bet you people in less challenging scenarios would feel the same or if not worse than she's feeling in parenthood because they just um, are, are, are getting sucked into the suffering of it all. Mm-hmm. She's a great example. She has a real, like, and I'm talking to her off of social media. So maybe some people are thinking, oh, on social media, she's making it seem like she's doing it all. No, she really is like maintaining a positive perspective. She's taking care of herself. She's getting in the gym. She's mm-hmm. asking for help. She's, she's doing all those things and it's really challenging, but also, she's enjoying it like enjoying every single second of it so if she can do it we can all do it oh my gosh and you know it's we talk my husband and i talk about it with our parents because i have there's four of us and there's three of like he has two other siblings and we think about it with our parents like if our parents figured it out there's no reason we can't figure it out for sure like and i don't want to i don't want to suffer the whole time yeah I don't make it enjoyable have fun with it i don't want to be look be wishing away time like oh it'll be fun when he gets to a year it'll be fun no it's fun right now or it doesn't have to be fun right now it is what it is right now and I can be well thankfully it seems like he's this easy little guy and I like same with us it's honestly it's been it's so cheesy and very cliche but she is truly a bundle of joy like it's so fun and I never I didn't I never had like that maternal, I want to be a mom. I can't wait. Like I didn't have dolls. I had GI Joes and I was chasing my brother. Like, you know, I was playing with the dog's tail and I never was like, I can't wait to be a mom ever. Mm. But now it's like, it just, it turned on and it's been pure joy. 
That's amazing. It's mm-hmm. so good to hear. Um, but if you're listening and you have a really difficult baby, I'm not trying to invalidate that. I think it's valid. And I think we will continue to go through challenges. And uh, I think I'm going to go through challenge. You're going to go through challenge. It's going to be challenging a hundred percent. It is already challenging in some ways. Um, and I don't mean to say that like you're not valid in being challenged by it all. And I also want to challenge you to, um, just accept what is and not wish for it to be different. It's like adding pain on top of pain. It's already, yeah, you're already experiencing challenge. So I'll make it more challenging by wishing it was different. Um, yeah. Just accepting it is for what it is and taking it, you know, day by day. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I have so much more that I could, we could very easily talk about, but I know that you're on a tight schedule. Mm-hmm. So mom um, schedule, you know, you know how it is. <laughs> yes, I totally do. Um, is there anything that you're working on? Anything you want to share? Um, before um, we wrap up? I mean, my company's called Working Against Gravity, and we do online nutrition coaching. So if you have any type of goals in terms of anything that we talked about here resonated with you, this is all the vibes that are infused in the work that we do. We help people lose weight, uh, gain muscle, uh, mostly around people who um, – have some level of performance in their life, whether it's like, I want to perform the best as I want as a mom or perform. You were an athlete and are no longer, you're a high, high level athlete, a games athlete or whatever it is. Um, we work with the mostly those types of people. And, um, we also help people become nutrition coaches if they're interested in that as well. That's like mostly what we do. Um, yeah, we have a pregnancy program. We have a postpartum, like we can work with people postpartum. Um, we don't do any, like medical nutrition therapy. So we're not helping you balance your hormones or things like that, but um, definitely an accountability partner that's probably been through whatever it is that you're going through or has worked with somebody, many people that have been through it. Um, and we support people in that capacity. And I see, I saw that you had a pretty, uh, you have a big array of a staff. Of staff. You have how many coaches do you have there? Just over 30 coaches. Amazing. So I'm sure there's someone compatible for whoever's listening if they're interested. Yes, definitely. From moms to uh, triathletes to mountaineers, we have all sorts of different kinds of coaches. Amazing. Um, So I'll uh, click through a link here for anyone who um, is interested in that. It's a great program. Um, I've heard so much about it. So I'm really happy I was able to catch up with you. hear about that, but mostly, you know, what's going on in life and keeping up to date. Um, so yeah, thank you for your time and be well and stay well. And, um, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's so nice to go on a podcast to talk about motherhood. This is my first one. <laughs> oh, we good. Awesome. I'm happy to hear. <laughs> Have a good Bye. one. See you.